Kia ora and welcome to Discipleship Aotearoa. In this podcast you will hear about, well, uh, discipleship in Aotearoa. You'll hear from me, Caleb, your host, as well as friends that are passionate about Jesus and discipleship. So pick up a paddle and jump in the waka with us. We'll learn some tools, resources and perspectives that will inform, inspire and maybe even irk you as you live out your walk with Jesus. On this episode, I will have the mic turned on me as I am asked a series of not so grueling questions about discipleship. On this podcast, you will hear from some solo talks that I do. You will also hear from some amazing friends I'm going to bring in. Uh, But we thought the best way to start would be for me to be under the spotlight myself. So my friend Mike will turn the mic on me. And so that will be us. Are you ready, Mike? Yes, he nods. (laughs) When you look at the disciples in the Gospels, which disciple reminds you most of you? So normally I would joke and say Judas, uh, but let's be honest, I'm not that good at math, uh, nor am I good with money. Uh, If I could think of a disciple, it would probably be Peter, uh, which is interesting because... Up until recently, I wouldn't have, but I talked to my spiritual director one time and she told me uh, that I reminded her of Peter. And at first I was a little bit offended. I said, wait, which Peter? Is that the one that uh, denies Jesus three times? Or or is that the, you know, the Peter that uh, jumps out the boat and follows Jesus? And uh, as I thought about it a little bit more, I realized that, yeah, um, I see myself in Peter where I think I can really uh, align myself with Jesus clearly and equally can live a life where I kind of disown him sometimes, if I'm being honest. So, yeah, um, I think that's me. Yeah, I mean, I, what I know of you and like what comes into my mind is I've, I've watched the, the Chosen TV yeah. series and the Peter in there mm. is different to what I imagine mm. when, I read, when I read the Gospels. Yeah. But it's helped me get a bigger picture of what the Peter is, yeah. and I see something of you. Now you mentioned it of that Peter in there. Cheers. So, do you, like, any yeah. comments about comparing yourself with that the chosen character of Peter? Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Thank you for that. Um, no comments specifically, <laughs> but I do. The Peter that I think he had a lot of responsibility and a lot of um, ability, um, but a lot of self doubt at the same time. And when he aligned with Jesus, hey, that was amazing. Like he he did some amazing things, but. Um, thank you for that. That's a that's a nice I, comment. <laughs> I, I mean, he's, he's the the that that chosen Peter is kind mm. of he's got passion and he's often like a, a few steps ahead, but he's yeah. frustrated and he's yeah, wanting yeah. to catch up, or he's <laughs> yeah. he's a bit of a like wanting the plan and yeah. he's rushing out and he's doing stuff. Yeah. Is that something? That, that yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's definitely me. Yeah, yeah. That that idea of passion kind of either derailing you or fueling you to do things that you never thought you could. Uh, so that's me. I identify with Peter in the Gospels. I wonder if you uh, relate to anyone in particular. Maybe have a think about it. Who is someone that um, you see them and you see a little bit of yourself? What are the unique traits of being a disciple in Aotearoa? Yeah, I love that question because there is a uniqueness about being Kiwi that we don't often see unless people go overseas uh, where they meet people from different cultures I think one of the kind of classic ones that comes to mind is kind of tall poppy 
syndrome um which i think you can look through a positive light this ability for us to uh be humble to to not overstep the mark um and i think i think as christians there's actually a humility that's needed in general and i would say that uh, across the different cultures in new zealand um there are many that would yeah would would embody that and i think that that's something for us to, to claim so kind of be counter kiwi culture and claim that as a strength as the ability for us to just be like ah. Oh, all good she'll be right uh so that's one uh another another key one for me is te tiriti. so the treaty of waitangi it's it's uh i won't go into all of it here but the ability for us to uh to think what does it mean for us to honor this covenant this this covenant that was made with biblical precedence um between um, our indigenous people and with uh the missionaries that extends to all of us particularly that are christian um, that's our spiritual whakapapa, no matter who we are. And so there's an opportunity, I think, to um, to have a, a country, yeah, but also a church that's shaped by these values of partnership of, of well, so many. We'll get into that um, another episode. But yeah, that's that's one of the traits. I know you're going to do an episode on, or more yep. episodes yeah, 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 yeah. covering the treaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one, one question I have is, um, in, in like the academic world I've been yes. part of, we talk about the three Ps. Yes of the treaty can you, can you just briefly kind of um when we've got the lens of discipleship mm, now yeah you're talking about what are the how, what are the three p's and how, like what's your like a reflection on those yeah uh you will find that the three p's are partnership protection and participation and it depends on where you learn about it because if you learn about it in academic settings it can really be a kind of tick the box kind of uh, rubric that you use um, otherwise you can learn about it in high school like I did um, really uh, all three of those uh, I think uh, have not been explored enough through a a Christian lens but specifically b uh, like a discipleship lens what does it mean to be a disciple who honors the treaty uh, in your everyday living and what does it mean to be groups of disciples aka the church uh, that does that uh, I think the Holy Spirit is already moving in a way that people are doing this anyway doesn't matter what denomination but i think we talk about it as if we all know the meaning uh but we don't so my short answer to that is that we will get there uh so this is a little bit of a bit of a tease but yes we will get there one day soon on a podcast coming up what are the less than obvious challenges facing jesus's disciples today hmm well, one that I encounter, not just in others, but myself, is this uh, fear of failure. I think that there are too many of us Christians nowadays that are too scared that we might uh, either deviate from the will of God and the path that he has, or we might do something so bad and then get cancelled or destroyed or whatever over it. And so um, I, I just notice, again, I notice this a lot of myself, um, God, uh, I'll do whatever you say, just give me a bit of a plan first uh give me the first nine steps and then um the tenth step will be me stepping out on faith so i think that we have a church that's really like uh paralyzed by that a fear and i think it's not that obvious to people um is that we're fearful of and probably because we live in such a uh, secular society if that's the term um would be that uh we don't want to make fools of ourselves <laughs> we don't want to be foolish or shameful uh funnily enough paul talks a lot about those qualities uh so i think that's one um and probably another less than obvious one for me is uh, this lack of integration of our faith 
into all the different parts of our lives you know it, it does it integrate with how what what sports team we play for and how we carry ourselves in that sports team does it uh go across to the things we subscribe to on netflix and i don't mean this in kind of a pious pure puritan way genuinely are we are we thinking i guess through that lens um are we relating to people that are uh are people that are maybe outside of who would normally relate to um i think there's this um oh, even even when it comes to our financial choices you know that's a massive one so i think a lack of the ability to integrate um bible world together um is something that maybe has been happening for a while but i think is more needed than ever because the world is uh they're not even let me rephrase this there it's not that the church is dying it's that the church is becoming more and more irrelevant that's actually what's happening and so i believe that's because we're not integrating our faith in ways that we uh, need to uh yeah Uh, you'll probably do more episodes on yeah. this in the future. Yes. Can you give us one or two examples yes. of where a local church or a local bunch of disciples hmm. might integrate world and word? Hmm. Yeah. So I think a lot about uh, kind of younger Christians. When I say younger, I'm thinking under 30, um, who, for example, um, go to university. And they go to university and they learn this good stuff. Hey, they, they, there is good stuff. There's not so good stuff like all things. But they learn good stuff, for example, around justice or around um, our environment or um, all these things that come back to a church setting or, or their faith. And A, you don't talk about it at the dinner table, uh, let alone do you talk about it at a church meeting. And so for me, I'm going, there's so much opportunity there for us to integrate that in. And so this is less of a particular example. It's more of a general one. I think there's a whole bunch of conversations that need to be had between people that aren't being had. Mostly because the earlier point, we're a little bit scared, scared to fail, scared to offend. Um, But that would be one for me. It's just, can we have conversations? I have an example. I just thought of one. Um, So uh, I had some young people during the Black Lives Matter movement uh, that I noticed on Instagram because you know I was a hip youth pastor I was on Instagram and I noticed that they would put up uh, photos and um, posts supporting um, the movement to which I was excited uh, admittedly and so I engaged some of them and I said hey I noticed that you are uh, you're looking into this stuff you're investigating it quickly was told no I'm not I'm actually doing this because if I don't uh, I will get ostracized from the group and so what I heard back from this person was why can't we talk about this at church? Because we are told by our schoolmates and by the world what to believe, but we actually don't even know what our own people believe. And so this was the impetus before I put a bunch of young people uh, on stage for a church service one time and let them talk to us. So I think that lack of integration shows generationally. And I think more than ever, the younger ones, they're the ones that really need us to be that, that difference. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned generations. Yeah. Uh, uh, that perhaps there's a lack, uh, less of less integration happening with our younger people. Yes. Can you think of an example of older generation yeah. that are currently still with us? Yeah. Where this integration of word and world is happening oh. well. This is a live question, eh? You're asking me. Yeah. Can you? <laughs> no, 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 I, thought you I want to. Yeah, no, I All want right. to. Um, not. So I think of an integration, but in theory. So for example, when we had the bunch of young people share and, and lead a service on a Sunday and they told us, you're not, you're not teaching us about the faith that integrates with our lives. 
I had countless older people uh, tell me that they were going to lead small groups where they discuss this. But the the bit for me that I'm realizing the more and more I'm yeah on this faith journey is it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to actually do something as a result. Uh, a good phrase I use is uh, we love lots of hooey, uh, but we don't have much dewey going on. So I think that that's uh, maybe at the heart of it for me is is I, I know theoretically it happens, but practically it needs to happen uh, more. We actually have to be able to point at it because to be honest, it's not that easy when you ask me like that. Yeah. What have been uncommon things that have positively impacted your walk with Jesus? Yeah, so I guess normally the common things would be things like, you know, uh, church and reading the Bible and, and all those good good things. Um, I think one that stands out to me is a friendship that I struck uh, with an older person uh, when I was about 18, 19. So uh, I didn't know this at the time, but my father had taken this this guy aside and said, hey, uh, for this next year, can you look after Caleb? Didn't elaborate about what that was. Uh, what it ended up being was uh, my mate, uh, Junior, he took me uh, <laughs> two to three times a week. I'd go to his house, uh, we'd eat food, uh, we'd play Xbox. Uh, we might talk, but not really. Uh, we just spent a lot of time together. We, 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 we did fitness together. Uh, we, we went to church. We led youth group together. And what was really intriguing to me was that um, I never knew until years later that my dad had asked this guy to look after me. He hadn't given him any script. He just simply said, can you look after him? And uh, even to this day, there are things that I do. Um, there are habits I have. Um, in fact, there's a tattoo that I got that matches my uh, older brother in Christ that I, that, that I did life with. And um, what really intrigues me about that is that just the small little intention of can you look after someone impacted my life to say that there's so much that I do and am because of that one year um, imagine how much more our friendships and our relationships could be if we were actually I don't know just a little intentional about them that's my my thought on that so that that's probably an uncommon thing <laughs> that I experienced um, that really has taught me literally how to follow after Jesus I've followed the same interests and I, I support the warriors uh because my mate did and i didn't realize till years later that was because of spending a year uh in friendship with this this fella so yeah if you could have dinner with three followers of jesus living or passed on who would they be and what would you eat awesome so i'm not really good at cooking so i'm most likely to be at kfc um but but if i did have time and help i probably would make a really nice feed maybe like a roast who doesn't love a roast um so the first person i would have is saint francis of assisi um i live right next to the saint francis friary uh, that's in hillsborough in auckland and uh i often go there for some retreat time um i love to go to the park next door and walk walk around there um saint francis was real interesting because he loved animals and he loved the environment and he loved the poor and uh another thing about saint francis is that the franciscans actually have an order they have a, a group that you can join if you're not catholic so i think that's pretty cool uh also my nan was catholic so uh i'll talk to frankie boy about that if i could um that and his kind of focus on contemplation and that accessibility i think as a as a catholic saint um i really am drawn to so that's saint francis uh second person would be tarore 
Um, I feel like many Christians know about the story of Tarore, uh, who uh, was enslaved and in her, uh, in her murder, um, ended up uh, spreading the gospel um, to massive parts of Aotearoa. And one reason I'd like to talk to her is because to find out her side of the story, because I think we often play up her Christianness but don't realize her maoriness so what i mean by that is we often say wow she was transformed by the gospel i actually think it was more that the gospel was a seed planted into fertile soil that really flourished into this beautiful um tree plant whatever you want to say i think it was more that so i'd basically just ask her that and um just find out what it was like to live at that time um and the third person would be another one from aotearoa would be wurumu tahu portiki ratana um it's a crying shame to me that in New Zealand, amongst Christians that aren't Māori, we we know very little about Ratana. Um, it's a crying shame because he was one of the most powerful prophets and healers uh, of recent history. Uh, and interestingly, you read the NZ Herald, he's in there, talked about in his healing ministries. So people that aren't Christians are affirming him as a prophet. So I think it's a shame that we don't know much about him so i'd love to to talk to him and listen to him and uh find out also another thing that i would love to talk to ratana about is he used to have a saying which was that he would hold the bible in one hand and the treaty in the other which if anyone knows kind of church and theological history reminds us uh, dietrich bonhoeffer he said the same about the newspaper in one hand and the bible in the other what i love about this idea that ratana says was that it's not just the spiritual liberation that's needed it's one that is actually tied to the socio-economic and the physical liberation of people so people might not know this but ratana was one of the reasons why the government uh uh upholds the treaty is because he went around doing tours speaking about this while also healing people physically isn't that interesting this physical and spiritual healing happening at the same time integrative um so that's so those three saint francis tarore and ratana i would love to have a feed with them actually we're going to make it a boiler because two out of three will know what that is and actually saint francis probably would have eaten boiled food a lot let's be honest We really hope that you enjoyed this podcast and it's our hope that you would interact with the content that's being put out there. After every episode, if you have questions, questions about the episode, questions about discipleship, questions about where are the best pies? Nah, just kidding. Uh, But any questions, especially those that you've never been able to ask out loud or uh, in the context that you are in, ask those questions. Head over to Discipleship Aotearoa on Instagram where there you can ask questions on the story highlight or if you're game, you can record yourself asking a question and tagging us, Discipleship Aotearoa. We will play it back. And in episode five specifically, we will be answering your questions, which is going to be really awkward, by the way, if no one actually sends me anything. Yeah, really. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and hope to see you again soon. Ciao.
shameless self-promotion time. If you enjoyed this episode and this podcast, then maybe you or someone you might know will be interested in Intermission. Intermission is a one-year formational discipleship experience. It's the chance for you to stop and explore the possibilities, to ask questions, to seek answers, to learn and to experience what it means to have a faith that stands and a life that makes a difference in work, in ministry and in mission. If you want to know more, go to the Kerry Baptist College website, kerry.ac.nz.